the new life. How many of you know that we have a new life inside of Christ? It says, now, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer, everybody say no longer, walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. They have become callous, having given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. This isn't the way you learn Christ. And he goes on, and Paul assumes nothing. He said, well, I mean, he, he doesn't assume that you're a Christian. He says, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. And so what he's saying here is this, this when, you're, when, you, when you become a believer, your old life has passed away. You're a new creation. All things are passed away. All things become new. Assuming that you have been born again assuming that you know Jesus. You know, nobody in the Bible ever got touched by Jesus that didn't know it. It was made plain and aware. The woman with the issue of blood that, 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 that crawled through the crowd just, just to touch the hem of his garment, when she, when she touched Jesus, she immediately was healed. Amen? When Jesus made spitballs out of the mud and put them on the blind man's eyes, his, his eyes were healed. He was touched by Jesus. When you are touched by Jesus, something happens. Something happens. And, and we need to understand this. But he says, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. It's corrupt. It says, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. It says, therefore, having put away falsehood. And let me tell you something. The biggest enemy of authenticity is falsehood. It's being fake. It's not being real. It's being dishonest. It's being covered up. It's being private, you know. And, and, and I'll go that in a minute. But if, if, you want to, if you want to receive the fullness of the, the, the community that God has created for us, that is the church to manifest himself in there. You, you, we, we, we have to be guided by the truth. We have to walk in the truth. And we have to speak in the truth. We have to honor the truth. We have to defend the truth. Because without truth, there is no bearing. Without truth, there is no authenticity. We, we live a lie. We live a lie of hypocrisy. We live a lie of falseness, and, and that, that, is the, the, that is the number one enemy of authenticity. It says, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For me, we are members of one another. If you want to have authentic community and relationships, then you've got to speak truth to one another. We have to be honest with one another. We have to, we have to be open with one another. 
says, we are members of one another. And it says this, be angry and do not sin. How many of you know that there's a time to be angry? And I'll tell you why that is in a moment. Because a lot of us are angry for the wrong reasons. But there's a reason to be angry. But there's not a reason to sin because of it. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. If you're a thief and you don't work, quit stealing, go to work. The Bible says a man that won't work, won't work shouldn't eat. Why? Because he doesn't have the integrity or the, the honesty to go earn a living. It says doing honest work with his own hands. His own hands. Don't work with somebody else's hands. Work with your hands. So that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So what is the purpose for us earning? For self? No. It's for others. That's, that's, that's the principles of being a Christ follower. That's the principles of being a disciple. We work so that we can share. Not just so that we can attain and, and have and hold on to. You know, lay up not your treasures. You know, we're moth. And rust destroy, but lay your treasures up in heaven. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. It says, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion. In other words, don't speak things that are built up to something that don't need to be built up. Some things just need to go through the fire and be burned off. That it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with mal malice. Malice is ill will. Like, I want you to die. I want you to, you know, I hope you, your house falls down on your head or something like that. I have no idea what that feels like. <laughs> Bitterness. These things are not supposed to be a part of our lives. But going back, he says, be angry, but do not sin. And here he's saying, don't let anger run your engine. Don't let it, don't let it overtake you and overwhelm you. He says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And understanding this, there's a process of forgiveness. It's called, you repent, you're forgiven. Nobody's going to get to heaven by not repenting. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel as God in Christ forgave you. And so this, this last night, this word authenticity came up. And, and, and what, what really, I kind of brought it up the other night at the little Thanksgiving deal, but, but what, brought it, what, what made me begin to think about this word is this, is that so many churches, we try, we try to be authentic, but we don't because everybody comes to church on Sundays, but our, uh, but our whole lives are like behind a veil with everybody else. We, we just do Sunday church. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not open. Nobody knows my business. Now, here, now there's some business not everybody needs to know. You know, that even where it says confess your faults to one another, that you may be healed. I wouldn't get up in front of the church and say, hey, I'm Chad West, and here's my problem, because you just cleared a whole row. You're going to be sitting by yourself on Sundays maybe. But there needs to be somebody in the body that you can go to and say, man, I'm struggling, you know, and, and you need to be able to confess that. But uh, I looked up the word authentic, and it says this, not false or copied, genuine, real, 
real. But even that gets misunderstood. Like, we want to be real, man. And we so aggressively be real that we end up going on the far other extreme of foolery. And another uh, definition is this, and this is, the, this is the good one. It says, representing one's true nature or beliefs. True to oneself or to the person identified. So to be authentic is to represent one's true nature or beliefs. What is your true nature? I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away, all things become new. But is there still a flesh to deal with? But which one are you being authentic in? You see, we love authenticity. We want to be open. We want to be real. We don't want to be fake. But here's the deal. Christ has called us to be authentically born again, authentically regenerated, authentically a bearer of his image. Amen? But what we do is we use authenticity as a justifier for my flesh. Oh, I'm just being who I am. I'm just being real, man. I, this is the way I am, you know. And, and, and here's the deal, that Jesus has called us to be authentically saved, authentically his church. What good does it do is if we're just authentic in our flesh and, and our foolishness and our ungodliness, how, what in the heck is that going to do for us? I mean, because here's the deal, if you're justifying it, you are rebelling against God and accepting what he says that is no good for you. Now, we fall, right? We mess up. But here's the deal. We need to authentically repent. We need to authentically show the grace and the goodness of God as it pertains in our lives, as it pertains in our wins, as it pertains in our losses, as it pertains in our stumblings and our fallings, as it pertains to every aspect of our life. That's being authentic. You know, being a Christian isn't just showing people, hey, here's how we kill giants all the time with slingshots. Sometimes it's showing, hey, this is how you screw up. And you get restored. And this is how you walk again after you have fallen. Amen? Do you hear what I'm saying? People probably, they they need to see that. Because if we just, we're not authentic if we show the world that we're just a bunch of perfect people that never screw up. Because they're going to think, what the heck, there's no point in me even trying to do that. They need to see a forgiving, good God. But but, But here's the deal. We have to be humble in that. Because if we're prideful and we don't repent and if we don't confess and if we don't obey, then the world sees an unauthentic picture of what the kingdom is really like. But representing one's true nature or beliefs, you have to understand, we have our beliefs. Our beliefs need to define what we're being authentic in. If our, you see, if our emotions are leading us, and if our desires are leading us, and if self is leading us, we're not being authentic believers. We're being authentic fleshly people. But we are to be authentic in our faith, not our flesh. Amen? We're to be authentic in our faith, not our flesh. And what makes us authentic in our faith is that faith come by hearing, and hearing come by the Word of God. That my decisions and my actions and all these things are determined by the word of God. And when they don't, I need to be humble and I need to be obedient to say, Lord, forgive me, people that I have misled, forgive me. But here's, here's what I need to do to correct that. And this is how you should do the same too if you find yourself in the situation that I'm in. Because 
We need to be authentic, right? We need to be authentic. The reason many cannot live as authentic Christians is because they do not have a solid belief for it. They don't have a belief system to live as solid Christians because they don't live by the word. They don't, they don't, they don't consume and they don't ingest and they don't, they don't lean on the word as we should as believers. This renewing into the transformed life comes through the word. It says renew your minds through the word of God, by the washing and regeneration of the word. Amen? This, this is what changes us so that we can be authentic believers. And authenticity, it's not relativism. It's not, it's not, it makes me feel good or I like it, so it must be true. How many of y'all realize that that's a big thing right now? If it feels good, do it. That is what people are doing. It's relativism. It's relative to how you feel, and it's relative to what you want. It's real, relative to what you think but discounting the Word of God. It's not social elitism. That's not being authentic. You know, hey, all the, all the people with tattoos over here, all the people with nose piercings over here, you know what I mean? That's just, that's just common interest, but that's not, that's not being authentic. You know, that's, that's just shared fads, and it's not, it's not dedication to a cause. You know, right now we live in, we live, you know, we live in a, a time right now of, of millennials who justifiably don't trust you know, they want authenticity, but they need to understand what it is because they don't trust the previous generations because they've screwed things up so bad in the government and in the country. You know, they're wanting something that's real, but they're turning it into these things, relativism, social elitism, and dedication to a cause. What they need to find is the truth in Jesus Christ that sets you free and changes your life and renews you. Amen? That's what, that's what they need to find, but they're not going to find it if they are not shown what it is and what it's like and how it's operated in. If it's not defended. You know, they talk about all the time the, 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 the right to bear arms. You've got to defend it or you're going to lose it, or the freedom of speech. You've got to defend it or you're going to lose it. The gospel must be defended or we're going to lose its bearing in our lives. But... So I'm talking about us being authentic means that we are true to who we are in Christ. And then when we fall, we need to realize that we're not being authentic. We need to repent. We need to confess. We need to quit justifying our flesh and say in the name of authenticity and say, that's not even who I am. You see, we don't even, we, we're just residents here in this world. We're, we're not even, we're, 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 we are members of the kingdom of God. We are, we are, we are adopted sons. We're priests to the, to, the, to the highest king. You understand what I'm saying? That's who we are. We're emissaries. We're ambassadors in this world. And when, we're, and when we begin to do something else, then that's when we're not authentic. We need to be authentic to who we are, but we need to discover who we are by the word and our relationship with God and, and who we are in that and how he feels about us and, and how we feel about him. But two things that are needed for a balanced, authentic community, you know, we always say this here because Owen Griffin taught me this, that truth is between two extremes and if you cut one of the rubber bands and you're going to get slung shot to the far other extreme. And churches do that. They overcorrect and they, get, they go from one crazy thing to the next instead of just getting, in the, getting centered in the truth and letting the truth guide you. You know, like I said, to go camping with a hundred and something people like we did this week, that, that takes openness, you know? Here's what I'm like when I get up in the morning. 
Here's what I'm like before I go to bed. Here's what my kids are really like at home. You know what I mean? It's, it's, an, it's an openness. You know? It, it can get uncomfortable. But I'm going to tell you what, it's, it's in that openness. It's in that openness. It's in that vulnerability. It's in that, it's in that truthfulness. You know? You can't hide nothing on the camp out. And there were some dumb things done this week, you know what? And they were dealt with, you know, and, and, a, and, and, and it was humility received. And, it, you know, and hey, that's the way it's to be. Because, you know what, like I, said, like I said the other night, you can't, iron doesn't sharpen iron if there's a barrier between the two irons. You know what I mean? You've got to get together and you've got to rub because rubbing is racing, right? And if we're going to run the race, you've got to rub, right? That's what Tom Cruise said or somebody on that show said. I don't know, that was a long time ago. But, but this, this community... You know, I've said this a thousand times. You can go live in a cave for seven years and read the Bible, memorize the whole thing, and all you'll be is a crazy nut because you've never walked the Word out with people. Yeah? You know the Word, but you've got to walk in it. You've got to utilize it. You, you've, got to, you've got to be offended so you can learn to do what Matthew says and go to your brother and work it out. It's, you've, got to, you've got to learn to do what you know. You know, knowing is half the battle. You've got to walk it out. And that's where the faith comes in. You know, you can know the word and still not have faith. Amen? What, what, what made it faith that, that with Abraham? It was the fact that he did what he knew. Okay, I'm going to do it. Moses' mama had to have faith to put her little baby in the, in the ark and put him down the river with all the crocodiles and the snakes. She had to have faith that God was going to see this through and God was going to take care of that baby. Right? See, knowing God's going to take care of you is awesome. But having the faith that God's going to take care of you is where it's really at. But two things needed for balanced, authentic community. The first one is openness. You know, you know James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. But you know what? Here's the problem. If you're in a church where you can't confess your faults because you're going to get condemned for it right off the bat, then you can't be open. You have to keep them to yourself and wrestle them with yourself. So you see, there's a danger there of being a church where we can't talk about our problems. We need to be able to talk about our problems. We need to, we need, we need to get wisdom about our problems. We need to confess if we want to be healed because the healing comes through the other side of the coin, which is accountability. You see? So for us to be open, we have to come out of, we have to come out of our closets. Hey, everybody else is coming out of the closet. We might as well too, Right? I mean, we, we, need, we need to be open about, about who we are and, and even, even our weaknesses, and we need, to, we need to have accountability. But you're not going to have accountability if you're, if you're being untruthful and if you're being, living in falsehood and, and you're hiding everything until you come out and say, hey, I'm telling you, there's so many people defeated in life because they hold things in the dark. And the Bible says that if you want victory over those things, you've got to bring them to light. You bring them to the light. You expose things. Not necessarily about other people, but yourself. We love to expose other people, but we don't want to expose ourselves. We have to expose ourselves. I've had to eat crow up here several times and get up here and share some deep things that I just, you know, did, that, that were, you know, just personal things, you know. But you know what? When I did those, I was set free of those things. Because I just, I wanted, I wanted to be open. I wanted to be healed. I wanted to be, I, I didn't want these things hanging over my head anymore. So we need openness and we need accountability. 
Because if you just have openness but no accountability, then you just got a justification society. Right? You see, because our, our relationships should be built on the Word of God, not common weaknesses, not common sins. Like we, don't, we shouldn't have a small group for wife swappers and then have a small group for crackheads and a small group for the people that like to get drunk and the small group for people that, you know, like their kids that, are, that don't, they don't like to discipline their kids. You know what I'm saying? That is not... The wrong things aren't what should be building us together. It is the right things that God and the hope and the security and the direction in those things. Amen? But we have to be honest about who we really are. The Bible talks about reading, the, reading it, the Bible, and looking or being in the presence of God and looking in the mirror at your face and it revealing this is who you really are. But, but the issue isn't to condemn you and shut you down. It's to show you, hey, this is what we're looking at. Let's, let's trust God for a different view next time we look at it. Amen? Let's, let's trust God for a better view next time. I mean, I, man, I looked up in the mirror this morning. I'm like, dude, I need a, I need a haircut and a shave and eye surgery. After this camp out, you know, if I want to go back to the mirror and look better. But openness and accountability, do you see how that works out on this coin? There's the openness to be honest about, hey, here's my struggles, but there's also the accountability so that we don't just justify our foolishness and destroy the church and destroy the people around us, but there's hope and there's healing and there's, there's correction. You know, the Bible says that, that, that the word is for reproof, it is for correction, and it is for training in righteousness. Amen? That's the, the word is what we go to when we need correction. When we, you know, sometimes, you know, reproof is when we read the story of David and Bathsheba saying, look, listen, learn from this guy's lessons. Learn from Saul. Learn from, learn from these people. You know, correction is, you're off course, you need to get back on course. And training is, you don't know how to do this, but look, let's figure out how to do this. Let's figure out how to live as a family. Let's figure out how to love our wives. Let's figure out how to, how to manage our finances in a godly way. So there needs to be openness and there needs to be accountability. But, but we can't be open if we're all hidden from each other, if we walk in, in the shadows around the edges of the church, and if we, just, if we just show up on Sundays and we don't make fellowships and we're not faithful to the assembly, as some are not doing, as Paul says. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves. It's important that we come together, that we get to know each other. That, you know, that's why we go through the, through the trouble of doing these big campouts, so that we can get to know each other. Because until you know somebody, you can't be open with them. Until, you, until you're open with somebody, you're not going to receive the community, healing, and the transformation that God meant to have through His church. And you're not going to have the accountability neither. Because you're not going to have anybody with freedom to speak into your life. Amen? We need, we need that. We need, we need to have a, a community of people that are open uh, you know, in, in, with, with wisdom. You know, you, you know what? If you have a problem, the, Facebook isn't, isn't even a place that you should go share it. You shouldn't even mention it. You should come to your people in your church and say, I've got a problem. Because that just turns into whining. You know, there's a difference in whining and then just coming up and saying, hey, I have a problem I need help with. Can you help me? Amen? You know, that's really, that's really an insult to the church if you have a problem and not bring it to the church because where should you go if you have problems? Ain't nobody out there going to help you in Facebook land. 
your friends ain't going to send you no money. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to, I mean, some of them might, but you know what I mean? The, the, the Facebook nation ain't going to come to your rescue. It's the house of God that you should depend on when your times of need. And we, should, and we should be okay with that. You should be open when you have a need to come to the house of God and say, I've got a need, no matter what it is. You know, the, the Bible talks about loads and burdens. We're to carry our own load, but burdens are things that are too big for us to carry alone. And when it gets to that point, that's what the church is for, to help us do that. And so we need openness and we need accountability to live in authenticity. If we're going to be the authentic church that God wants us to be, we've got to be open and we need to be accountable. And you know what? We, can't, we, don't, we don't correct each other with our opinions and our thoughts. We say, look, this is what the Word says, and you should say, I concur with that. I agree. You're right. Amen? And we still love each other. Right? We should be humble. We should be humble about it. But the problem is, in today's society... In this authentic community that we call a church, there are unauthentic people that are destroying the church. And what believers are failing to do today is recognize unauthentic people because we feel like it's mean. And here's the deal. You ain't got to do nothing. You just need to know that you need to be aware of these type of people. You know, we live in a time now where people, man, hey, there's a time to change churches, all right? I'm not, so if you change church, I'm not getting on to you. But what I'm saying, there's some people, they go from church to church to church to church to church because they're there for the wrong reasons in the get-go. They're trying to build their kingdoms. They're trying to build their ministry. They're not, they're not working for the master. They're working for themselves. We need to be aware of unauthentic people. People that talk about the Word, but they don't walk in the Word. The Bible says that we are to judge people by their fruits. Right? Yeah? Oh, on the, on the accountability part, okay? Openness and accountability. 1 Corinthians five twelve through 13, it says, For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Paul's talking about God's taking care of the outsiders. He says, Is it not those inside the church whom we're to judge? Not, now, you can, get off, you can get off course with this and get in trouble. Say, God judges those outside, purge this evil person from among you. And, but you've got to be careful here. He's talking about a guy who refuses to repent. He's sleeping in a, in a weird, incestuous, adult, or, or an affair relationship, sexual immorality. And, and, and Paul's getting on to him because they're all like, oh, thank goodness for the grace of God. And he says, no, you're, we don't do this. Somebody needs to rise up and, say, and tell him he's wrong. And, and, he, and, and he refuses to repent. And, y'all need, and Paul even uses the term, turn him over to Satan. Dang, that's pretty daggum rude. You know? If he wants to live in the world, put him over to the world. If he wants to live in the hog pen, let him go to the hog pen. And here's the deal. It says, turn him over to Satan for the saving of his soul. Because like the prodigal son, he'll, hopefully he'll get a clue that, man, I need to go home. I need to go home. You see, and so, but that, that, isn't, that isn't first stage failure. Oh, you got to leave. No, this is for refusal to humble yourself and deal with whatever it may be that the word speaks against. But we got to have accountability. And that's, that's like the highest escalation of when people refuse to deal with accountability. 
But what I want to tell you is this, is that in Acts 20, 29 through 30, it says, I know that after my departure, this is, you know, he's, he's, he's warning the church that fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things, listen, to draw away disciples after who? After Jesus? After the Holy Spirit? After God? After them? These people exist. We've been warned multiple times in the Word of God. And, and the thing is, is I'm telling you, you know, you should have enough savvy, you should have enough wisdom to judge people's fruits and say, man, these people, are they, they, they speak the Word of the Lord and they authentically serve the Lord, or these people are out for themselves. Because there's people, they won't, they won't become authentic with the church. They'll hang out in the shadows and they'll counter-teach what's being ch- preached from this pulpit on the sides. And they'll say, well, I, don't dis- I, don't, I disagree with that. I'm going to teach you another little lesson. And they call themselves teachers and preachers. And where they got the title, I don't know because I got mine here at this church by the elders of this church, which is the biblical way. If somebody tells you they're a teacher or a preacher, but they have not been affirmed by the eldership of this church, then obviously we, have, we don't see them as a teacher or a preacher. Ask them why they're not at the church that made them that, that ordained them. Why aren't you at the church that ordained you? Maybe they, maybe they realize they made a mistake when they ordained them. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's pretty serious stuff I'm talking to you. I mean, you need a knife and, and a fork to cut this, but this is the truth. Paul repetitiously warns us of liars and deceivers, and this is, this is how he says you deal with them. He says, for there are many who are insubordinate. They're disobedient. They don't do what they're told to do. By God, the, the elders, nobody. They do what the heck they want, how they want it, when they want it, and that's just the way it's going to be. And some churches are foolishness, foolish enough to put up with this stuff. It says they're empty talkers. They talk a lot, but there's no iron in their words. Man, go watch Josie Wells. You will grow by leaps and bounds spiritually. Ain't that right, Dexter? I watched it last night, and Josie Wells says, sometimes you've got to be mean. You've got to be mad dog mean, because if you lose your head, you neither, lo- you neither win nor live. And then he goes, talks to ten bears. And he says, I give you my words of life, and I give you my words of death. And he says, which one do you want? Ten bears chose life. He says, I don't want you to kill me. And ten bears says, there's irons in your words. And I love it because uh, he goes, uh, they, they, they cut their hands and they shake hands, and ten bears says, so shall it be done or whatever. And, and uh, Clint Eastwood says, I reckon so. <laughs> Spits his tobacco out. There is room for testosterone in the house of God. Amen? The house of God needs some, a testosterone injection. Amen? You know, let me tell you something. You husbands, your wives will keep you out of trouble if you listen to them. But you need to quit letting them make all the decisions and not stand up for your household. You need to, you need to, you need to, you need to let your wife wear the, her type of underwear and you wear your type of underwear. Amen? Because some of you dudes are wearing panties. 
I guess your mother took you shopping and you've never been to the men's section at Walmart. You know, there's, there is a whole section of men's undergarments over there. But for there are many insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers. They make it, they, they, they're all sweet on that. They're like Sour Patch Kids. They're all sweet on the outside, but man, they mean on the inside. And they're deceitful. And all you got to do is just, all you got to do is pierce that, scratch a little of that sugar off. You'll see what they're really like. All you got to do is crank that jack in the box out and Jack's going to pop out. And you go, oh, that's what you really look like. Especially those of the circumcision party. And he says they must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain. And it may, it may be money. It may be self-pride or, or, you know what I mean? It may be attention or affection, but it's wrong. And it says, and they, ought, they, and they ought not to teach. They ought not to teach. And he says, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. He says, that testimony is true. In other words, this is a true story. But he says, therefore, what? Rebuke them sharply. Sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. You see, people, we're not here fighting for self-pride or self-anything. We're here to be authentic, Word of God people. And there's a time to stand up. There's a time not to sin, never. There's a time to be angry. You see, when David walked up and he looked at Goliath, he was angry. But he wasn't angry because his flesh was offended. He was angry because the word of God, because the God of gods, because the King of kings and the Lord of lords was being spoken evil of. And he says, we ain't going to have any of this. I'm going to go to picking up rocks. And I'm going to go to preparing to slay the enemy of God, the enemy of my beliefs, because I am authentically believing in my God. And he, I'm sure he angrily, he got up there and he said some mean, hurtful things to, 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 the, to, to Goliath. He says, I'm going to kill you in the name of the Lord. And he slung his slingshot and he let the stone go and he caught him right between the eyes and the giant fell dead and he didn't stop there. He got a sword and he he took his head off and he lifted it up as an encouragement to the people of God that you don't have to be silent anymore. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to stand there whizzing down your leg anymore. You can rise up on the word of God because there ain't a giant nowhere that is too big that can stand against the word of God. There ain't a giant nowhere. And when you have that, that man told me when you walk in truth, you can face any giant fearlessly because nothing can defeat the truth of the Word of God. Nothing, 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 nothing. All that Satan can do is psychological warfare. That's all he can do. He can try to make you afraid. He can try to make you, make you worry. He can try to, you know, he, he, but it, nothing can stand against the truth of the Word of God. Amen? I'm not saying we should go out looking for a fight. No. Paul says make peace where possible, but it's not always possible. And sometimes you've got to make a stand to say enough is enough. Yeah. 
I'm not going to let you do, I'm not going to let you harm the church. I'm not going to let you defy the gospel. I'm not going to let you bring corruption in here. Amen. Take a stand. Take a stand. We need to be authentic. People need to know how we feel and how we believe. We don't have to do picket signs. We don't have to do marches. Those are tiring anyway. But when you talk in everyday conversation, they say, how do you think about this? I don't, my thinking ain't no good, but I'll tell you what the Word of God says. Never be ashamed to say what the Word of God says. And if you're condemned for it, you're going to be sometimes. Jesus says they're going to, they're going to hate you just like they hated me. You're going to be persecuted over it. Do what? Yeah. But don't play both sides of the field. Don't, don't accept what's going to be damaging. Don't accept what destroys authenticity in the kingdom of God. Sometimes you've got to call it out. Sometimes you've got to say, this isn't right. Sometimes you've got to say, this is what the word... All the time you have to say, this is what the word of God says. You know what? It's risky. It's risky living in authenticity because you give people leeway to fail. You know? See, what most churches do is they try to counteract every possible thing that could go wrong and they make a church bylaw against it. That's where legalism turns. And that's why legalism can't do you any good. It's because you can't be authentic. It's because you can't live. It's because you can't be open. And, it's be, and, and in that lack of openness, you can't deal with anything because it's a hidden secret life. It's a hidden person. You can't be who you are and, and to, to allow people to either encourage it or to speak correction into it. You hear what I'm saying? We've got to be open people. We've got to be honest. We've got to be real. But not for our sake, but for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Let's just bow your head and close your eyes real quick. I don't... Hmm. Father, I just pray that today you will just speak to our hearts, Lord. God, give us wisdom. I feel like sometimes we try so hard and sometimes we don't try hard enough, Lord, to, to do what the Word says. And God, I, I pray that you'll just let us just learn to hear your voice, learn to be wise, learn to love, but Lord, not in a way that, that counteracts what Jesus really would do in situations. Lord, let us be people of the Word. Lord, teach us when to, when to be silent. Lord, teach us when to, to speak Teach us when to speak softly and teach us when to be to, to speak loudly like David did, Father God. But Lord, just but Lord, let us be open to that. Let us submit to that, Father. And Lord, let us take responsibility to defend the gospel, to defend your people, to defend your word. Lord, let us not defend us and our pride and our humanity, Lord. But Lord, let's defend you, Lord, because that is where our identity rests. That is who we are. Lord, we are a we are a, a kingdom of 
priest. Lord, we are sons and daughters of God. Lord, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And God, I pray, Lord, that that is where we seek authenticity. That is where we seek, Lord, to let people know, not in in any other way than you would want us to manifest it, Lord, but this is who we are. And this is what we're about. This is what drives our train. This is who we love. This is who we serve. And this is who we would gladly die for. Lord, help us, God. Help us, Father. Teach us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.